What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Think Different Theory. My name is Josh Forty, and guys, um, my next guest. I feel like I feel like I don't even need to introduce him, and I always get I always get stuck on this, right? Because I like. I go through and I think of all these cool epic intros and I think of all these cool things I could say for all of my different guests on here. And then I click on Joe Rogan's podcast and he goes, three, two, one, we're live. How are you doing? And I'm like, am I overthinking this entire thing? So without further ado, we're going to just bring him on. Guys, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Steve Larson. Welcome to Think Different Theory. Thank you so much for being here. Season two. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, this first interview, this, that's super awesome. Yeah, man. Okay, so let's just dive into it, man. Funnel Hacking Live last week. How yeah, was it was a lot how of fun. Is, how is, dude, you got to speak on stage. How many times have you spoken on stage now? How many? Yeah, at, at, at Funnel Hacking Live. Has it been three years in a row? Three, three, three years, three, yeah. Three years. The first year wasn't like an official speech. It was part of Russell's pitch. Oh, that's so right. That's right. I guess technically twice as a speaker, you know. <laughs> uh, as a speaker. And you were not announced this year. How does – okay – so how does Russell go about asking you? Because like you're homies. So is it just like, yo, Steve, I want you to speak on stage over a Voxer message? Or does he actually like go through and make it a deal? Or like, how does that go down? Um, he will say things like, uh, I don't know, because he always, one of the challenges I know he has to work and deal with, which is totally understandable, is he teaches his audience his scripts. So then when he goes and does the scripts, the audience knows what he's doing, you know, so he's trying to keep things fresh. So, so how does, this year, you know, he decided to do the whole screen splitting thing, funnel flicks sitting on the couch. Then he's like, hey, man, I found a cool way to uh, to put you into the pitch again here. Um, but you can't tell anyone you're speaking. And I was like, crap, that's like half the fun. <laughs> yeah, the building. And, uh, yeah, right. But uh, but it was super honoring because then he went and did the same thing with Frank Kern, you know, with uh, with, with a lot of people. And yeah. um, that do was you, all. Do you know awesome. Frank? Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was cool. He recognized my shirt when I walked up. That's cool. He goes, you're that guy. And I was like, eh. <laughs> oh, how did, let, let's talk about that, man. So I'm building a brand here and I, there's so much stuff I want to talk to you about, man. Like, I feel like we could just go on for hours and hours and hours. One of the things that you have killed it with is the swag. And like Russell's killed it with it too. Cause we're at Funnel Hacking Live and everybody's got it. And I get it. You're at an event. He gives out the shirts or whatever. But dude, I saw almost as many capitalist pig shirts and hats at that event that I, as I did Funnel Hacking Live one. And I, and I know that's not an accident, right? Like, I know you're smart, but like, how do you work that in so well? Because one of the things I noticed about one of the things that you said was, I am not a, in the clothing industry, right? I am not a t-shirt company. And no. I'm like, you sell more product than most <laughs> companies do, at least to that audience. How did you, how did you integrate it so well? I, I assume... I assume it has to do more with the messaging and the meaning behind it than it actually does the, the, the quality of the shirt or anything like that. But like, how, how did you pull that off? I mean, I always want the quality of the shirts and things like that to be nice, but yeah, you're right. It has almost nothing to do with that. Um, it was honestly going back to when I was studying to become an officer in the army and I had, uh, and I mean, I told you the story, but I guess for everybody else, you know, I was, I was becoming, I was trying to become an officer. And um, we was a whole semester where we just studied wars and lots and lots of wars. And I always have to caveat this because every time I tell, anytime I've told this, there's always some historian who's like, did you, you know, trying to fact check me. So just hear the principle, everybody. All right. right, right, right. Just, <laughs> just hear the principle. Don't try and fact check me too much on this here. But 
we started studying all these battles and all these wars and why they started and the politics behind them and the cultures behind them and all this it was really fascinating which is what you really have to do to understand history you can't just study one part of it so this semester ends we are finishing studying these wars and these battle tactics and maneuvers commanders made and all this stuff and this guy who's just one of the most brilliant people i've ever met he sits back and he just makes this kind of off the hand comment he goes you know it's just so funny you know he had been doing it for years and uh, for a very long time and he goes it's so funny wars just don't really start over social issues they start over rights and a violation of, of rights. And he goes, if you look at the you know, American Revolution, it, a lot of times it's romanticized that we left Great Britain because of religious oppression, which is total garbage. Like we were Britons, you know what I mean? Like right, we, right. we were British. We were waiting for the ships to bring over their fashions. What's the queen wearing now? You know, like we were just expanding Britain. It's just so crazy. So we look back and we often romanticize a social issue as the cause of a war. And I started thinking about that. I was like, oh man, wars are started over rights, not social issues, but what's a social issue? And I started thinking- And I think, I think and I want, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but like, yeah, I yeah. think the right there is a huge, it's an interesting question because you say rights versus social issues. I don't think a lot of people know what social issues are, right? Like they're like, yeah. or they don't know how to differentiate them from, you know, say a, a, say a right or whatever. And so yeah. I think you've done a really good job. I'm gonna let you finish the story, but I want to dive into that a little bit further. Yeah, yeah. I just, I started realizing that these social issues that are out there are, are issues that everybody's talking about. There's so much momentum and noise behind them. Momentum that would take me a lifetime to create if I tried to do it on my own. So I was like, well, I can either create noise or I could just align with where noise already is, mm. which is like what a marketer really does, you right. know? Um, and so I, I realized like this whole movement I mean, there's a lot of noise right now around capitalism versus socialism, mm. you know, and uh, I decided to attach to capitalism, you know, why? and just take a stand. Like why capitalism? Why? Um, I don't think the government should take care of me, even if I need it, mm. <laughs> you know, and, and that's not throwing rocks at anyone who's chosen to do that. I know that there's people, there's really dire scenarios, but I just think I've been in some scenarios in life where people just straight up take advantage of the system and get our lazy and our leeches. And I don't think. I don't think it's like, I don't think it's just like not good. I think it's bad you know, to yeah. do that. So how, like, how do you, so one of the things I struggle with dude is like, I, I am, <laughs> I'm about as capitalist and right wing, like as they come, right? Like you got a flag in the background, man. <laughs> like, I, I, right. Like I got, I, I am American. Yeah. I'm like, if you suck off the system, screw you type deal. I mean, like. <laughs> I, I am about as personal pro personal responsibility as they come, right? Like I believe sure. that if if you could teach someone one core thing in life that would solve ninety five percent of the world's problems right now, or at least America's problems, is learn how to take responsibility for your own self, right? Self sufficiency. Like, yeah. come on, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. I know that I've had it good in certain areas, but like, you know, I, I didn't grow up in in the hood or things like that. But like at the same time, like I look at these people that. Anybody that I've ever seen that applies personal responsibility, like actually applies it in all areas of their life and takes it, like takes responsibility for their life has what they want, or at least are, are headed on that direction. My, my, yeah. my struggle is, is to the people out there that really do need help. Right. Right. Is there like, needs to be, is yeah. there like what percentage of people actually really need help though? 
Like, ha- have you in your life seen? Because like my, my rule is there's a law of 80-20, right? 20% people, 80%. So I'm like, let's assume there's 20% of people that actually really, really need help in the world. I'm like, hey, 80% of people that don't need help in the world, if you all took responsibility for your actions, we could solve the 20, like we would take care of the 20%. So like how, I guess, I guess my question to you is like, how do you deal with, cause I'm sure you get blowback of like, well, it's not that easy for everybody. Rah, 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 rah. I get a lot of blowback. <laughs> I don't mind blowback on things that I believe in. I believe in capitalism. I believe in those things, but I do wrestle with the fact that there are people out there that need it. And so yeah. I guess my question is, do you wrestle with that? And how, what do you do to, or if anything to like, help those people that do really need it. Absolutely. And you know, it's one of the reasons why one of the other shirts we have is the get rich, give back. Yeah. And you don't need to, yeah, you don't need to be rich in order to give back. And that's something some people have gotten hussy with me on in the Mm. past. It's like, look, it's, it's like (laughs) when here's what my biggest fears was before I started, you know, making good money was that money would change me. And it wasn't until I realized like I was afraid of becoming a rich jerk. And then I realized that there are poor jerks. And then I was like, wait a second, wait a second. You know what I mean? There are rich, cool people and there are poor, cool people. Money has nothing to do with it, right? All money is, is an amplifier. It's a magnifying glass. It'll make you and amplify you into more of who you already really are. So like when somebody says I have to make money in order to give back, that's not a true statement at all, right? Right. But I also was never more greedy than when I was poor. Right. And we often will think it's the other way around. It's, it's really anyway. So I actually think that I, I truly believe in philanthropy. I really believe uh, as much as I do capitalism. Right. Mm. Um, right now, I'm riding the noise of capitalism and I put my business on the back of it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, one of the things I've been really starting to look into is what things I want to go fight for as far as philanthropy goes and giving back. Cause there are people who truly do need help who yeah. can't, cannot help themselves. And I do think that we should, and it's out of the own decision, not a forced thing. Right. We should be having teaching, like let's go help people, you know? Um, do, yeah. what, how do you see, so one of the big things that I get about that, it, it, especially with capitalism is, well, we've never had a monopoly like Amazon before. We've never had Facebook before or Google. I mean, these companies are rich. They'll never be destroyed, right? And my response to that is always, and Walmart was never going to be taken over either, right? So like my thought process is, hey, leave it in the free market because the second you give it to the government, you can't take it over without literal like tyranny, right? Like without guns and without overthrowing the government, at least in the free market, like we can overthrow Amazon. Like, guess what? Amazon's going to be around for a cycle. And then the leadership is going to change. And then guess what? Somebody else is going to get better leadership. And, you know, the next platform is going to come along and do that. But when it comes to philanthropy, the big argument is, well, then the rich people at the top control everything. And I'm, I'm genuinely curious your thoughts on that. Do you have a problem with that? The rich people at the top control everything. Like, I mean, like, hey, I'm Bill Gates. I'm I'm sitting on a hundred billion bucks, right? And so, oh, I donate a billion here, a billion here. I set up this, I set up that. Now I get to control who gets what help. I get to control oh. who gets it. Like, how? Do I don't you- believe in. Yeah, I don't believe in no government. I actually believe that the government should exist. I just believe in small government that is playing with a little bit of rules in there to come in and. Um, for exactly that you know i do think that they go too far they put their hands in where they they're nasty dirty greedy disgusting broke business hands where they shouldn't go 
I'm sorry. Was that some personal opinion that's popped out right there? But like there, but I do believe that I don't think it should not exist. That would be crazy. There needs to be some third party that is controlling some chess piece moves, you know, on everybody just a little bit. And and you have said otherwise it is going to be chaos. <laughs> and, and, and I agree with that. So I believe that the rule of the federal government is to literally protect American borders and promote e-commerce, essentially, or pr- promote commerce, promote business per, per right. se. Basically, you have said that uh, taxation is theft. You want you want to <laughs> clarify that, or do you actually believe all tax, uh, taxation is theft? Yeah, you know what's funny is uh, I'm going to get real careful on some of my statements here um, because, and it's not to sidestep. It's that I have made a conscious decision to attach myself to a social issue and nothing political. Mm, okay. And and this this whole thing, you know, the capitalist pig thing is as close to the line as I can imagine it getting without getting political. It's right there. It's you know, it's it's almost bleeding over. It's coming back. It's it's right there. So, um, and the reason is because I don't care if someone's right or left, up or down. Like I don't care. Um, I have a political stance, but I don't talk about it because I don't want that to represent the capitalist thing. Right. Um, and I have a lot of friends who are all over the place. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But right. um, as far as like taxation, you just, I understand that we're tax. I just think that we are taxed. Like, I hate the feeling that my tax dollars are going to crap that I don't really have control over, right. you know? Right. Like, it's nuts. Who was it that said uh, as soon as uh, 10% taxes are, are like actual thievery or something like that, the, the day that happens is the day the world ends. Well, we're like 40% yeah, now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's ludicrous on some of the things that things get spent uh, money is spent on. I think they yeah. should be involved in infrastructure. Yeah. You know, taxes should go there. It should yeah, be I involved. think so too. Do you, you know what I mean? But Have you studied um, tax structure? Have I studied it? Me- meaning, so back during the election cycle, and I'm not, tr- I'm not going to get political here, but I'm just right. this, this topic came up back in sure. 20, what, 16 now? Yeah, 2016 during the presidential race. Um, somebody proposed, I forget, I want to say it was Rand Paul maybe, was like, we should have a flat tax, 10% across the board, no matter what you make, no matter what you do, that way it's an equal share. If you make, you know, $50,000, you pay five grand. You make a million bucks, you pay a hundred grand, right? And I remember um, someone that I res- really respected uh, at the time. I can't remember who it was, but he's a Republican. He came out and I'm pretty, you know, pretty right-leaning. I, I, I'm actually, to clarify, I'm actually more libertarian than almost anything else. Um, but I sure. tend, tend to vote Republican because libertarians don't tend to get elected. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so, and he's like, a, a flat tax structure of 10% like across the board is actually a terrible thing. It's actually super unfair. And I was huh. like, interesting. I didn't know if you had sh- studied tax structure at all as far as you haven't you haven't done any of that the only tax structure i study is how to ethically not pay taxes <laughs> how to ethically not pay taxes mr yeah. mr brad gibb coming in uh strong there with cash flow tactics um that guy's all that guy saved me so much money man <laughs> yeah 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 i studied a lot of taxes stuff and then when i saw his stuff it was such a natural fit because i was already like oh that's how everyone and you do that okay cool you know it's like yeah so, yeah you know. Okay, I want to I want to kind of shift gears here a little bit. I want to go into mindset, kind of bring this full circle back to Funnel Hacking Live, right? Yeah. Um, Funnel Hacking Live is a sweet event, dude. Like, Big event. Russell has done a, a, a and I don't want to just give credit to Russell. I mean, I know he's the marketer, the face behind it, but like, shout out Miles, shout out Todd, shout out everybody that had a hand in involved in playing a part of that. But like, Russell and the team have been just done a phenomenal, phenomenal job. One of yeah. the things that I noticed that they, I, at least I thought that they did really well this year was addressing some of the big issues of 
Like, oh, you go to events and then you don't, you know, then you don't apply afterwards or it's a bunch of big rah-rah fluff. And even in the pitch, she's like, hey, I want to clarify, like, this is for existing business owners, right? Like, don't buy this. If you don't have a business, you don't know what you're doing yet, which I thought was awesome. What do you think? Like, why are people stuck in their own head? Like, why don't people succeed, dude? Like, what holds people back? What's the biggest thing that prevents people from actually, like, leveling up? I mean, it's a huge question. I've done a lot of stuff with coach. I feel like my role in ClickFunnels is to help spin up a program and then let ClickFunnels build structure around it. <laughs> you know, like the first two comic book coaching program. And when I, you know, helped put those pieces together and then they built a coaching program around it was awesome. Then I'm not involved in it anymore, which is fine. It's just great. Right. One, one funnel away, you know, did a lot there for a long time figured out the best ways and then i'm not really involved in that but you know it's kind of right, I don't right. Know, a pattern <laughs> but uh as far as so with that backdrop though um um with that backdrop i uh you know i've helped there's a lot of tens of thousands of people now uh, that i've been able to work with on these things and um in a very short period of time which has given me a fast stamp of people who are existing that don't make it and people that are brand new that don't make it and usually Usually, they're actually more similar than than not. The new people have a hard time. A lot of them are like, you know, it took me thirty, it took me like thirty four tries over five years to really get something to work. And um, there's little successes here and there, but you know, not awesome. Right, right. Um, and then there's probably another twelve after that before like really like the seven figures and more faster seven figures. And again, it again, like it took a long time um, and a, a ton of work. And, and I you're, think you're at five million bucks in two years, right? Yeah, about the, yeah, around there. Yeah, yeah congratulations. Um, thank you. Appreciate that. You know, it's um, yeah, I'm proud of that. Uh, but we, um, a lot of times the new people, the belief is is that there's a trick. You know that there's like some yeah. insider secret that there's okay. Teach me the model, but they treat it and they approach it like there's a trick. That there's something there that's like, hey, as soon as I know what it is, it's gonna happen. But they don't understand there's really two entities involved. There is a model, there's cash models, right? All over the place, internet, online, offline, doesn't matter. There's cash models. And what we're doing is we're teaching them a cash model. And as soon as we teach them the cash model, they're like, oh, that's a sweet model. But they don't understand that they are the operator of that model and they're the second entity. And so well, as they go in and they start approaching this, this cash model that we've taught them, the thing that really happens is like the model doesn't really change. You know, the things that I've been doing uh, even two or three weeks ago, they're things that I learned my very first week of ever hearing about internet marketing. You know, mm. that stuff hasn't really changed. You know, there's little tiny things and nuances here and there, but that's not what's different. What's different is I'm just a better driver. You know, that's the big difference. And so uh, those are the two things I really wrestle with is first of all, let's get you to understand the cash model because it kind of puts like a goal on the mountain and they're like, okay, that's where I'm going. The second part I have to address, which I just, I can't, I haven't found a way to not address it is them doing it, you know, and, um, all the mental junk that usually pops up because it's a combo of self doubt, tons of crap from their history always pops up. They start actively seeking for ways. This is a big one. They start looking for ways to be unqualified mm. so that they don't have to move forward. And, and my job as the coach is not to make them feel better. It's to make them better. 
All right. So I have to turn around and say like, okay, wait, that's what I'm looking for actively. Okay. Who are the ones who are actively seeking for a release from Steve Larson? That way, when they walk back, they can save face and go, well, I don't quite qualify to do that because Steve Larson said I'm not able to, and I will never give them that, that permission ever. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why people like my coaching, but there's a huge group that hate my coaching because while they go through, I'm like, okay, but Steve, I just don't know what to say. But Steven, could you just tell me um, what what mic you're using? Steven, could you just tell me like wh- what color of red is this in the back? And I'm like, what? Google it, man. Right? I'm like, why are you asking me that? And that's when I start yelling at him. And that's right. where that whole thing came from. Because yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> they're not asking that question. What they're really asking is give me the permission to be released. Yeah. Because I'm about to go do some things I've never done in my life. And instead of feel that pressure and, and that pain, quote unquote, you know, give me a release so that I can save face and go on to the next thing. And I won't do that. Why, why do you think that is like, why do you think they're looking for to, to be qualified? Cause like, I noticed this a lot in my own life, man. Holy cow. So I just hired a coach, uh, Katie Richardson, um, yeah. who, awesome. you know, Katie, Oh, she's amazing. Amazing. Holy cow. And I was like, so I sat down at the beginning of the year. My world trip gets cut short. And I'm like, I should probably get a coach. (laughs) And I'm like, so I go and I apply to a bunch of different coaches. And I looked at a bunch of different things. And she's like, I will work with you one-on-one and yada, yada. And I'm like, this is amazing. This is going to be great. Day one of us working together. I'm like bawling my eyes out as she's going through and like ripping apart my frameworks. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know I was such a rat. You know what I mean? But one of the things that I realized was, and she said this, and it goes right along with what you said. And like when she said it, I was like, oh, and I don't know. I've heard it a million times before, but it was like in the context that it was said in. She's like, Josh, the only thing that makes you qualified to go and do something is the fact that you actually went and did it. That's it, right? Like, that's it. And I'm like, huh? She's like, you just decide what you want to do. And guess what? Do you know what makes Russell Brunson so good at what Russell does or Taylor Swift so good at singing? It's the fact that they did it over and over and over and over again. And so guess what? You know what her qualifications are or Russell's qualifications are for building funnels? The fact that he's built 1,500 of them, right? right. And it's like, right. the more you do it, the more qualified that you are. And it like, it hit me and I was like, oh, that's incredible. Yeah, that makes so much sense, right? Because I've never heard yeah. that before. Why do people have such a hard time accepting the fact that, like, they just have to do it to be qualified? Like, they have to do it to figure it out. I don't, like, I don't understand it because, like, for me, everything that, and, and I went back and I started looking at these things in my own life. I was like, wow, everything that I am good at now, I was not qualified for when I started, but I just started it. And every single thing that I'm struggling with now, it's just because I haven't done it enough, right? Yeah. And so I look back at my own life, and I mean, these questions are just as much for me as anybody else, but like, why do people have such a hard time with that? I don't know. Um, I do think, because it's not like I was born with all this, you know, I've, right. create, I've created it. And I was, I was actually saying that at, at, one of, at the round table thing that I was doing at, at uh, Funnel Hacking Live, somebody was like, Stephen, how do I get good at speaking? And I was like, speak. You know, like um, uh, the fact that I couldn't like, I'll, okay, your quick story. I'm sure you've heard this one, um, but like, you know, in my senior year of high school, I had this teacher stand up and tell me, congratulations, Steven, I can, I can hear you. And I was like, what? It took me off guard. Like I did right. not, I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, I can, I can hear you. What? No, like I can actually hear you when you speak. And it threw me for a loop because I, 
wasn't even self-aware that no one could hear me mm. when I first showed up to high school. And she explained that. And I was like, what? This is crazy, man. Like, I, I didn't know. And it started, it kind of turned my world upside down. I was so grateful she said it, but it turned upside, the world upside down for me. And I realized that I was not confident. I could not speak. I did not know how to, I would not be doing this right now. Like, there's just no way. And I even carried that problem and somewhat of a, a somewhat of a whip right into my early 20s. And most mm -hmm. people don't realize it was still that recent, you know, 31 now. And, um, but it took, it took a lot of work and a long time. And the reason why I think people like to watch me on stage is because I couldn't get on stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very same thing. The reason I can't talk is because I couldn't. Right. The reason I do the money thing now and it works great is because I was dead beat broke for tons of years. Mm -hmm. And if I was natural, I wouldn't know why it's working. And I'm so thankful for those, barriers yeah last night i was like i do not recommend everyone go do this by the way okay in a very loving very loving scenario in a very loving uh frame of mind i was like wait a second in that frame of mind how cool would it be now that i know how malleable life is right how far you can really take it wouldn't it be cool if I wrote, this is an honest thought I had last night. Wouldn't it be cool if I sat down and I wrote all the things that are wrong with me? And then I could circle back and just one at a time in a loving manner and in a way, so not, a, you know, not to disparage or make myself right. feel bad. Right. One at a time with no timeline in mind, just find a coach or find someone to help me start working on that to fix the junk in my own life still. That's crazy. And like, that's what's so fun about the entrepreneur game. Like, that's why I love it. I love that too. And, and I, I want to go back to something you said here in just a second, but I want to talk about that real quick. Katie, yeah. who, oh gosh, I cannot sing her praises enough. And it's been like two weeks we've been working together. She's awesome. Right. Anyway, um, she told me, she said, Josh, because she, she had me do this exercise, right? Because I start out and I'm like, I don't know what to do here in my business and here in my business and here in my business. What should we do? And she's like, all right, so we're definitely not going to talk about your business. Let's go back here. And I'm like, oh, okay, of course. <laughs> right. And I'm like, she's like, it's all in your head, Josh. It's all there. And I'm like, all right. And so she's like, what? What is, who is Josh? And I'm like, I don't know, right? Like, I'm this crazy person, right? I, and she's like, we got to get super clear on that. And so she's like, write out who you think you are. And so I wrote out this whole thing. I, I get, get a journal, right? And I write it down and I, I put it out there and I write, I am at the top and I write down everything that I think I am. And she goes, now, did you write that from your head or from your heart? And I'm like, my head. It's logical. She's like, great. Now write down, do the exact exercise again. I do it from your heart. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And she's like, why? And I'm like, because that's scary. That's emotional. That's painful. Right. And so she goes, listen, I need you to write out a future version of yourself. I don't care if you believe it or not. What does future <laughs> version of Josh look like in your ideal, perfect scenario world? And so I write it out. It was, it was hard. Right. Yeah. Cause I like this down and I'm like, I am so not qualified here. I am so not this. I'm so not this. Right. And I get there and she's like, Josh, what we're doing right now is we are creating a space for you to be open and vulnerable with yourself on things that you don't think are true because guess what? The potential is already inside you. The potential is already there. Like you have what it takes. However, right now, the story you are telling yourself and Garrett White talked a lot about this at Funnel Hacking Live, Tony Robbins as well. The story that you're telling yourself is, is the lies, which is what, where you're at right now. But you create this space where you start screaming at the top of your lungs, like, this is who I am. You do not do that to convince yourself that those things are true. You do that self to start doubting the lies. And you do that self to start creating a space where some other reality besides your current one could actually exist. 
And so when you said that, that's my, where mine went. I was like, you're creating this spot where you're allowing yourself to get real and vulnerable with yourself to say, Here, here's all the areas where I suck with. And I think that's super, super important. I think that you can't actually go forward and move forward with life unless you are very self-aware of your weaknesses or very at least self-aware of where you want to go because there's no room for growth when you're stuck in only one story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because it's so true because when you sit back and you start – actually learning, like I said, these cash models, the name of the game really changes because it's more about how can you become a better driver? And then that's what leverages and accelerates the model, not where's the next thing? What's the next trick? Cause it's, it's not, guess what? The, here's how you get rich. It's funny. Someone asked me this at the round table, how do I get two comic club? In my mind, I was like, how many thousand dollar products you got to sell? They're like, Oh, a thousand. How many 2000? They're like, Oh, 500. All right, and so forth. I was like, it's not actually that crazy when you start doing the math and pulling back and realizing what it actually takes mechanically. But what does it take internally? Usually a lot of self-work. And that's mm. the part people don't want to look at or acknowledge. Mm. I want to go back to yours and Russell's relationship and <laughs> the, the interesting relationship that you have there with Funnel Hacking Live because, I mean, with uh, between you and Russell with ClickFunnels, um, you obviously are, I'd say, I'd say you're probably pretty good friends with Russell. No, no, I'm pretty well. Um, but uh, I mean that, you know, that came with time or whatnot. And a lot of people I'm sure have asked you about Russell. Like, how do I get next to Russell? How do I get close? And you know, everything like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and I told you this, if I don't like, uh, or if I don't like live, we met up and we were having dinner and you said, or I said, Steve, I can't believe how many people have come up to me and been like, Josh, will you introduce me to Steve? <laughs> Josh, how do I get close to Steve? Josh, how do I do this? And I just want to look at everybody and go, that was a process that took over a year in the making to do. All right. I am curious though. I want the question I want to ask here is how do you go about dream 100ing someone? And what advice would you have for people that are doing that? And the reason I, I come with this is you said like, some of the, th the reason that you're good at certain things is because you sucked at them at one point, right? <laughs> one of the things that I'm actually good at and that I struggle to talk about, but that I, that I realized that, holy crap, I mean, I had, I am not kidding you. I had at least, at least 50 people. And that's a lot of people. I mean, like it was 10 or 12, 10 or 15, 10 or, no, no, not just for you, but in general, like for you, for Catherine, for Russell, they're like, dude, I saw you on Russell's Instagram stories. How'd you pull that off? Right. <laughs> oh, you're friends with Catherine. How'd you do that? Oh, you know, Steve, how, I mean, at least 50 people. For you, for Catherine, for Russell, for you know, other of the speakers there that are like, are like, Josh, how did you do that? And for me, it's a pretty natural progression for me to understand I'm a nobody. And if I reach out to someone that's a somebody, I'm still a nobody and they've got a million people go out and do that, right? Like, you know, reach out to them that you actually have to be different. Now, one of the things that I learned from Gary Vaynerchuk and probably from my mom and from Russell and, you know, different things is like, be patient and be persistent, right? Like I went into it not being like, Steve, I want to be your friend. And then like be friends the next day or Russell. Oh, I think you're cool. You should follow me on Instagram and expect him to like be cool with me the next day. Right. But like, it was a process of like going through and doing that. And people ask me, they're like, how do you do it? I'm like, I just listen to them. And when I see an opening, I send them a gift or I, you know, consume <laughs> their content or I share their stuff. Like Pretty I just, simple formula. <laughs> I do this, the logical thing that makes sense. How do you go about doing that? Like when you want to dream 100 someone, like what are some of the steps that you take to go and do that? Well, what's the, like, there's, there's purposes. Like 
I can always tell when somebody is just trying to buddy up so that I'll promote their stuff and, and nothing like there's very few things that piss me off more than that. <laughs> it's like, Oh my gosh. Like I have bled over creating an audience. I have bled. Over, and for someone to come in, you know, it feels like pearls, the swine kind of a feel. I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> you know, I'd rather anyway. So the trick, I don't even want to say trick tricks, the wrong word. If it doesn't feel genuine, they're going to tell. And they're going to sense that so yeah. fast. It's like, I have no idea what you're going to be promoting in the future. I don't know, but I like you. And that's what I was trying to tell somebody else uh, at the round table. Somebody asked this very same question. I said, you have to understand that this isn't like affiliate getting, right? Affiliates in Dream 100 are very different. Very different, yeah. Affiliates are naturally lazy, right? That's why we have to create so many pre-written emails for them. And here's cool copy and here's cool images with, here, download these. But I mean, you're, we're doing like, Whenever I create an affiliate thing, normally they don't have a following. They usually don't have lots of revenue. When affiliates is like the name of their game, mm. usually they're just trying to find the next thing. I'm saying stereotypically, right? Right. And we, right now we'll get, I mean, for the last year and a half, two years, we get probably 10 people a week who sign up as an affiliate with us. Maybe 5% of them do something. Wow. Right. And so if that's not, you're not trying to be an affiliate. Dream like affiliates are motivated by cash. Dream 100 is motivated by something very different, right? These are people who have a following that they have bled over their thing. They have gone through their 34 tries or whatever the equivalent is. They've gone to like, they're not really motivated by the cash. That's usually not it. Um, they're motivated usually by adding more value to their audience, by feeding the audience, by status, not in a negative sense of the word, right? They, they're motivated by uh, increasing their reach so when you come to them like so funny man like at, at fun hiking live you're like hey steve i got this great opportunity for you man i am where i am because i have a great opportunity <laughs> i stuck with it i don't need a new opportunity you right, know that right, drives me nuts right. my whiteboard is full of my own ideas that i don't have time to implement there's not right. enough time in my life to do them like i don't need so that always like irks me like i have a great opportunity for you it's like you don't understand like <laughs> but um as far as like gaining a relationship with somebody like that, I think the biggest mistake people can make is that when you are doing the Dream 100, your goal, like I said, is not to, you're selling you, not your product. Yeah. With an affiliate, you're selling the product. But with a Dream 100, you're selling yourself. You're just trying to gain a relationship. I saw Ryan Moran wearing my shirt. Yeah, was that, that was so cool, dude. He was at Gary Vanderchuk, wasn't he? Yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk, but he just did it again with another one of his ads. I saw it last night. That's amazing. And I was like, dude, that's so cool. And he and I had not opened the doors. And I'm not asking him for all this kind of stuff. It is my goal, Ryan, if you're listening to this, to ask you to speak it off of mine. But uh, I'm going to open up the doors like crazy. And like, you, you know what I mean? Like, just gain value, gain, right. gain relationship. And uh, it will, like, it's a normal friendship. Can, can I? Can, yeah, okay. And I like what you just said right there, the normal friendship side of things. Yeah. One of the things that I told somebody, and I want to ask you a, a question about this too, is like, I said, I don't want someone to know who I am. I want someone to be my, like uh, my dream 100 to be my homie. Right? right. I was like, I don't want Russell to, I don't, I don't care if Russell follows me on Instagram. It's cool that he does. Right. Yeah. I don't care if Russell promotes my stuff or not. I don't want Russell to be like, yeah, that's Josh. He's cool. Yeah. I want Russell to be like, oh, we're going out to dinner. I mean, and this might take three, five, 10 years even. Right. Sure. It might be like, Hey, we're going out to dinner. We should invite Josh, right? To, to where, yeah. yeah. Yo, Josh, we're going out to dinner. Want to come? I want someone to have that friendship, 
You know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. when you go in it with the intention of not how fast can I get Russell to promote my stuff, not how fast can I get Russell to get on my Instagram story, not or right. get on Russell's Instagram story, et cetera, et cetera. I think it totally changes the dynamic. The question I have for you, I've been genuinely curious about this for, well, for two years now. And I, I hope I hope you're willing to answer it. If you're not, I totally understand. But I think it would really be helpful to a lot of people there. And I'm honestly just genuinely curious. From your side of things, talk me through what it was like when I was Dream 100-ing you. Like what, like what pieces did you notice and what stood out from what I did from – I mean, I got an early start, so I don't think maybe tons and tons of people were trying to dream 100 you when I started, but like right. you've had lots of people dream 100 you, I am sure, or at least attempt to dream 100 you up till this point. So what stood out that, of what I did and walk me through the process of like, oh, now I know who Josh is. Oh, now I think he's cool. Oh, now I'll let him box me. You know what I mean? All right. Um, yeah, and, I, for and, quite- and, and by the way, I'm not trying to like, you don't need to make my, my ego feel good. I'm just genuinely curious. And I, I think what a lot of people it? could have, have venue. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. I thought it's a great question. You know, for probably seven months, there was a stack of boxes next to my desk that I just never opened that I, I could just tell they're just Dream 100 packages. You know, people think that it's, you're in the business of package sending. That is not the Dream 100. That's a method and it's a powerful one, but understanding the core of what it is, is really what helps you take those different actions. Um, Okay, so here's here's uh, somebody who doesn't have a following, somebody who doesn't understand how hard that can be to create that. They often will ask permission to go do something for you. What I've noticed, and when I started watching though, the way Russell and Dave Woodward and Brent Co-Peters and all these, when they would get in their Dream 100 sessions, I didn't know what they were doing the first time. <clears throat> I was sitting there and it was like two or three weeks into working there. And they all just sat there and I was just still building funnels. And they were all behind me. <laughs> and I was just listening to them. They're like, what about this guy? What about this person? What about this person? And I hadn't heard 95% of those names. Interesting. I couldn't contribute. And um, it was really, really awkward for me. So I just sit there to be like, yeah, woo. Oh, yeah, it sounds good. It was really <laughs> awkward for me. Like, don't, don't, don't open your mouth, man. Right. And, um, but it's interesting to watch that because when they wanted a relationship with somebody, they didn't ask permission. They just did something for them. Mm. And that was the pattern I noticed that they would do over and over and over again. And same, same with Russell. When some people would, people would ask permission, can I do this for you? Can I do this for you? Can I do this for you? He doesn't have time to answer those messages. Yeah. So people would be like, he didn't answer me, you know, <laughs> right? Uh, it's like, no, he just, he's running click funnels, <laughs> you know? Um, the people that he would get that would get his attention were the people who would just do it. There was a guy who one time I had a little piece of software uh, quite a while ago and um, he, he bought it and then he paid for his own coders to upgrade it. And then he was like, I don't want your customers to get confused by those upgrades. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to film an entire startup guide for you. And then all you have to do, I, I didn't know any of this. He handed the done thing to me wow. and said, just swap it out. And now it'll add more value to your customers and probably drop some support tickets you've had on a few issues I did fix for you. And I was like, who is out of the blue? All right. Who are you? <laughs> You're amazing. What? And so I f- swapped it out and he was right. And he fixed some of the problems that I didn't see. Lo and behold, like five, six weeks later, he reached out and said, hey, I did that because I just wanted to get your attention. I'd be very honored. And I was like, oh, very if you would be my first interview for a product I'm going to be launching soon, 
I did the interview. Of course. (laughs) You know what I mean? And and that's the thing that I started noticing. Like I'll just, we'll hunt down addresses and we'll send something cool to them. It's not because the package is the dream 100. Um, It's because we're doing something cool for them or we'll reach out and we will just, just do it, you know, just add value to the marketplace. They don't have time to go in and vet every decision. They're making thousands of decisions in the day. They don't have time to sit back and go, Oh, just do it. You know? Um, so with you, what I thought was interesting is you just reached out and you're like, Hey, I'm going to build a group for you. No. Hey, I'm going to blow up your Instagram. Sweet. I know. I, hey, I'm going to go do this. Hey, it was like, and, and it was so much stuff so fast that you just went and acted on without, because I didn't, you know, your specialty is not my specialty. And uh, so you didn't ask questions about the thing. Like one of the issues I have is someone will go do something for me and they'll be like, in fact, one, one ads person I ended up not going with um, was like, do you want this frequency or this frequency? I was like, dude, I have never run a Facebook ad. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm paying you to, fo- to solve those problems. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, you just, what I liked about what you did is you just solved as much as possible without my, I didn't even know it was a problem. Yeah. One of the things I noticed about you is, is that, and, and I, by the way, I noticed that stack of boxes sitting in your office that you never opened because you mentioned it several times on your Instagram story. And one of the things that I quickly noticed was, oh, guess what? If I send a package to Steven, he probably never going to open it. I think we sent you, this is your second interview on the podcast. Uh, I think we sent you a a journal, like a customized journal for being on the podcast. Um, And I'm sure you still haven't opened it. And by the way, it doesn't hurt hurt (laughs) my feelings. No, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. Like I know how you operate. And so I very quickly started to understand Oh, Steve doesn't operate like that. I could send Steven Steven a $5,000 gift and it's probably going to sit in his garage for a year, right? And he's never going to do it. And so I had to get creative on, so what is going to make it stand out? And I think one of the the big aha moments that I had, which actually changed everything in the Dream 100 for me going forward was actually with you, was your first offer mind that um, you ever did. I... Uh, couldn't get a hold of you. And I wanted to see, this is one of the things where I had to ask you because I was like, I need to, I want to show up early to help you. And so I, I boxed you. And of course, like if I get a box from you, like every once a month, you're getting better. You're getting better. Okay? I'm getting better you with are. you. <laughs> I'm getting better with you. I'm, I'm saying this because check that out. I still have. Unbelievable. Wait, is it even focus yet? It's 459 boxes. And I haven't gotten, I can't get it below 400. Every time I answer a message, they have babies. And they multiply. just multiply. But I, I couldn't get a hold of you. So I ended up boxing Colton. And um, I was like, Colton, I've already booked my tickets. I'm coming in a day early, right? I was like, can I help set up? And he's like, well, yeah, dude, for sure. You know, Colton's super awesome. So I go there and I help set up chairs and I help pass out water Which bottles. blew me away. Good. Well, I'm glad. So I, I set up, you know, all these different things. Didn't see you the whole first night or maybe like right at the end, right? You know, you're sitting there fan, fanboying over, you know, fangirling over a little bit. Like, we'll see you walk in. We'll see you walk in. We'll see you walk in. And like, you didn't. And then I was like, so I got to know Colton really, really well. And um, like two days later, I think, I was talking to Colton. And he's like, dude, what you did was really, really cool. I told Steven about it. And like, he said that. And it was like this light bulb moment that went off in my head. I was like, I don't have to get Steven to like me. I just have to get his people around him to like me. Right. <laughs> if Colton likes me and he talks about me, then it's game over. Yeah. And once I realized that, I actually went, I've done the same thing to, for Russell. Right. Like, yeah. I, 
I had. That's how I did it, by the way. Okay, so same thing. I got, I mean, I sent Dave a flamethrower. I had Dave on the podcast, right? <laughs> Jake Leslie had him on the podcast. Julie Stowian on the podcast. You on the podcast. Became friends with all of the people that were around him. And then I was like, <clears throat> now we just sit back and we wait. Well, no, no, no not quite, not, not quite but that. But it's true, though. But At almost. Time, yeah, it's very, very close. You know, that's what I realized. I didn't know enough people in this industry to have a Dream 100 when I first started. It was the Dream 1, and the only person I even knew of was Russell. And so I put Russell Brunson on my Dream 100 list. He was the only one. I didn't, I didn't even know anybody else. I kept trying to find, anyway. And so, and understandable, the dude already was running like a $100 million SaaS company by that time. And so I was like, I can't get his attention. I started messaging. He did reply once or twice to me on a few things. And I was like, holy crap. So I sent him some funnels I was building in college. And this is before we really knew each other. And I had this realization, and it's very similar to what you just said. I realized if I can't get the attention of the guru, right? If I can't, if I can't um, become a leader and I can't get enough of status in the leader's eyes to get his attention, what I can do is I could become a leader amongst his following mm. and his following will deliver me to him. Wow. And so that's I super spent, interesting. Yeah. So that's actually one of the reasons why I spent absurd amounts of time in the ClickFunnels Facebook group at that, at that time. There's only like 50,000 people, maybe. Yeah, no, there's like 200,000. But I was like basically a free support agent yeah. answering tons of questions. It's one of the reasons I knew ClickFunnels so well by the time I started working for him. I think mm. I read every doc and just bam, 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 just spending mm. tons of time answering questions in there. And then finally, support knew who I was. That's mm. why they offered me a job when I walked in. They knew who I was, right? Yeah. Support offered a job. Suddenly, billing knew who I was way before I ever implied. Hmm, interesting. One of, the, <clears throat> one of the funniest stories I ever had about Russell Um when Russell first got a Snapchat, this was way back when we thought Snapchat was going to be big. I was uh, in the process of building my first webinar funnel. And I thought, let's just ask Russell how much it would be to have him build us a funnel. Um, probably the, the single greatest mistake that I ever made of not taking some up on, up on an offer. So I sent him a Snapchat. I'm like, yes. I'm like, hey, Russell, whatever. It's, you know, we're here. We're building funnels or whatever. And we, we really don't know what we're doing, right? Uh, how much would it cost? I know it's probably, and I told him, I was like, I know it's probably above my price range, but I'm like, how much would it cost to have you build me a funnel? And he Snapchatted me back on video. I'll never forget this. And it was like, it was two video clips and he was when in was his Jeep. This? this was four years ago, three years ago. Um, I oh, was, so I was definitely there. Probably, probably. But he was driving in his Jeep. And this was, I, w I was down in um, Lafayette, Indiana at my business partner's house when we were doing this because we were working, we were getting ready for our launch. We had this Instagram course. We thought we were so cool. And uh, he Instagrams me back and he, or he Snapchats me back and he goes, what's up, man? Well, I really don't do that type of thing anymore. But like, honestly, <laughs> I, I'd have to do it like probably like $250,000 and 10%. He made me this offer and I was like, ah, that's too much. I would be so rich <laughs> if I would have just come up with that money. But he, he we weren't doing client work anymore at that time. Yeah. I know, but it was so <laughs> funny. It was so funny, funny because I thought he sat there and he was like, um, you know, he told me that. And to me, I mean, you might as well have told me 25 million at the time, right? Like I barely had five grand, 10 grand in my bank account, right? Like, I mean, $250,000 was just astronomical amounts of money plus a percentage. Um, but I remember sitting there and then I, I think it was like maybe six months later or so. I went, I, I looked at my business partner. I went, we're such an idiot, right? <laughs> like I should have pushed that and seen if he actually would have done it. But uh, anyway, it was so funny because so, that was my first interaction ever with Russell. And I'm sure he doesn't remember it, but it was on Snapchat. And he was in his Jeep and he was driving back. I thought it was so funny.
but uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. So you never know when you're going to reply. Okay, I'm curious now. Who's on your Dream 100? You know, um, I'll tell you a little trick that we do. Uh, probably two or three years ago, I started realizing if these speakers are good enough to get on Russell's stage and ClickFunnels is my market, we literally take the Funnel, hack, funnel Hacking Live event guide and that's who we go for after. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, we did that, especially about two or three years ago. No, just two, uh, yeah, two, two years ago. And um, that's who I went after to get on my show. And that's who I went after to go. I probably gave away too big of a cookie on that one, <laughs> but that's what I do. And uh, everybody who is, we literally go through all the two Comic Club Award winners and we circle the ones that would be a great fit. And that's who we go after. Interesting. And same with speakers. Who who's like uh, dream ten, big ones for you, like that you're trying to go after, right? Like Russell level. Yeah. So one of my strategies is that with my show, and I know you run it a little different. This is you know what I've done. Right. Is um I was trying to reach two levels up. I know you've heard this strategy, but for everyone else, basically it's if you're starting out, you got like no influence, right? Yeah. Warren Buffett, tons of influence. The man speaks, and literally the stock market sways. Right. You know, literally. I mean that is so much influence. <laughs> And uh, by comparison, I'm like, oh, man, like, I don't have any influence. If I speak, how much sways? Well, there's somebody who has a little bit more than that, a little bit more than me, and a little bit more than that person, a little bit more than that person. It starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And my rule has always been to interview and reach two levels up. Mm. No way to measure that. No idea how to, but it's just gut feeling. Right. And so as the second part of that rule, though, as soon as I get somebody on my show who's big, right, I, I never go down. Mm. And the person that I interview or the levels of influence. And what's cool about that is that it's, I've never spent any money on, on the show. And again, I know we, we've got different strategies. Yeah, on yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. For me, like, it's the reason I haven't spent any money on the show is because I just keep leveling up how big of a person I'm getting and interviewing that tier until I feel like I've leveled. And then I go to the next and I only interview that tier until they level up. And that's been kind of the strategy with it. So as far as like who I'm going after right now, top, like, uh, the book Play Bigger teaches to try to be a big fish in a little pond, right? And ClickFunnels is really huge, but in re in like comparison to the rest of the business Market, world, they're still right. really tiny. Yeah. So my strategy is to be a big fish in a little pond. And I feel like it's going to, if it sounds conceited, it's not meant to be, but I feel like I'm starting to get that spot. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And so what I'm doing is the strategy. Now that I've, now that I've had Russell on the shows, now that I feel like I've, the you know, the, 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 the level of influence, big fish in a little pond, I'm actually active. This is the reason we're shutting the sales funnel radio down. Yeah. Is because the next show is meant to be a little bit wider than the click funnels pop. Hmm. And even more into more general entrepreneurship instead of, or mark. I don't want to go general marketing. I want to go, I feel like marketing huge, right? I right. want to go just a little bit bigger into internet marketing, internet entrepreneurship. Really. Yeah. And um, so with that is Ryan Moran, the guys who wrote Play Bigger, you know, like it, it's more of the circles in the books that we all read still in our ClickFunnels world. It's just a little bit larger. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, yeah. you know, uh, if I make friends with them, I'll uh, push them your way. Oh, thank you. Very yeah, much. no worries. No worries. <laughs> all right. So uh, I know you have to be careful in answering this next question. And it's just, it's, it's no, no, you, you have to because of, well, because of the question. How do I get Russell on the show? Well, he knows who you are and he's Instagrammed about you. So if I was in your shoes, I would just ask now. All right. So you've built up so much mental <clears throat> credibility. So here's my plan. And 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 
I'm not asking you for permission. I'm asking you for, uh, I don't know what I'm asking you. I'm just going to tell you my plan. That's how we're going to go with this route. Um, he's got traffic secrets coming out. Yeah. Okay. Actually, let me pause right here. Dave Woodward, that man. Do you want to know a mean prank he just played on me? Here. I, I know, but dude, I've, I've been so nice to Dave. I had him on the show. He's a great dude. Sent him a flamethrower. I mean, I thought that was a pretty darn cool gift. So it was my birthday on Saturday. And so they call, I don't know if you were in the room at the time, when they call everybody up on stage. So if you have a birthday in the last three days, you can come up on stage and dance with-, with oh, um, I think so, that's being filmed somewhere. Yeah. yeah, so it's Saturday. So I go up on stage, right? And uh, we're starting to dance, and out walks Dave Woodward. He's walking right over to me. I mean, it's very, very clear. And in his hand, what's he holding? A copy of the Traffic Secrets book. So he walks right up to me, and he goes, Josh, happy birthday. I did see your Instagram and on he this. Hands me, <laughs> he hands me the book. Now, keep in mind, I have wanted a copy of this since the day I found out it was coming out, right? He hands it, I hate you. <laughs> and it's good. He, okay, but he, he hands me the book, right? And he goes, Josh, happy birthday. And I'm like freaking out, right? Like he's just handing me this, and he goes, I would love to be able to give you this book for your birthday. But quite frankly, it's our only copy, and I just can't do that. I'm like, I'm like, Dave, you are so rude. I don't like you at all right now. Um, so yeah, Dave, I love you. Shout out you, but that was that was cold, man. Anyway, um, so Dave Woodward's an animal. He's one of my greatest mentors. Ah, that guy, that guy. I yeah, seriously, I feel like you could learn just as much from him on most things. Taught me the business part of business. Like man, man, yeah. So anyway, um, traffic secrets is coming out, and my goal is to ask Russell to be on the, the show to promote his the promote his launch. Um, and I, I, I listened very closely to, first off, what you did with him at Offermind, bringing him on stage and having, you know, I watched that whole thing, which was, by the way, freaking congratulations, process, dude. That was I'm just so nervous cool. that he would ever think that I was taking advantage of our friendship to try and I don't think and- he you know that I'm, but I'm very sensitive to that. Yeah. So I was like, I got to speak to him in kind. Wrote a whole webinar, put an offer together, trying yeah. to get someone to act like Claude Hopkins from the dead. You know, like. So, so, I'm, and I also listened to what he did with Tony, and have Tony interview. You know, he interviewed Tony, or Tony interviewed him on on Tony's page, and then he came in and was like, "Can I run?" You know, ads. So obviously, I'm not going to ask him because it's his book. Um, but I'm going to ask him to come on the show, and then I'm friends with John Parks and a lot of their traffic people, and we're, they're actually a client of mine behind the scenes. Um, and so we're working on some stuff there. So anyway, I'm going to ask him to be on the show because what I didn't want to do was be like Russell, "Hey, you know who I am now? I can use you to be on the show because." Don't get me wrong. I'm sure it would be awesome, and I'm sure like I'd give him some exposure or whatnot. But like, Russell's not life ain't gonna change a whole lot just by bringing him on the show, right? <laughs> However, we're stacking the next interview, so it's you now, and then yeah. everybody between now and when I'm gonna ask Russell is basically in the ClickFunnels world, right? Natalie right. Hodson's coming on, um, Dan Henry's coming on, right? I mean, like all Julie Stoian's coming back on, like everybody big, Allison Prince. She's just committed to come on. I mean, it's like big, big names going on there so that when Traffic Secrets launches, it's like yeah. the natural place for him to go to say, hey, let's talk about it. And then we'll promote the book and go from there um, with that. My yeah. question is, you said once you interviewed Russell, you can't go backwards from there, right? That's just my strategy. Yeah. Right. But to what – like I understand the logic behind that. We're going to get Russell on. Do I only shoot for bigger? Or do you, or that same tier in that level, same you know? right that, that that same that same tier, or does it discredit Russell 
at all to have smaller people on after that? No, I mean, I think it's part of your strategy and it's with intent. But the reason I bring it up is because there were there's only been a few times people have said no to me get, to getting on sales phone radio. And it was way back in the day, like 200 episodes ago, right? 250, so a long time ago. But now that the show's big, they've come back and said, okay. And and they didn't really grow though. And I'm like, mm. it's not a fit. It, like you don't fit anymore. It, it wouldn't logically make sense. And what you're doing doesn't fit the show. Like, so that's part of the reason I say that, you know? And I almost never interview somebody twice also. Interesting. Well, congratulations. Just, You've been interviewed twice. Thank you. <laughs> That's just my own. I don't think no, it's right, right or wrong. No, right. No, I no. I, I totally yeah. understand that. And, and you know I, what I – Go ahead. Say, you know what I did for the the thing that really – that Russell, I think, really liked about the offer I made him to speak at Offermind? Because um, it was a sick offer. Oh, my gosh. It was, uh, it was really, really cool. But one of the things I told him is I wanted – like – Remember, his goal is to go grow the sales of the book. So I was like, well, if I'm going to sit in his shoes, how would this complement that goal? And so I started asking, well, what's going to be our plan to promote Traffic Secrets when it comes out? Yeah. And so as part of the offer, I showed him what my plan was going to be to promote it. Ooh. That's why we did the side-by-side sit-down. And I said, don't worry, we're going to run a lot of ad money to it to promote your book and bring people who are probably in the audience and not in the audience to you. Mm. We're going to go in and so we bought secretsoftraffic.com. <laughs> nice. We bought uh, uh, expert hacks or experts, uh, secretsoftheexperts.com. Like we're, we're hmm. I know they're little tiny spinoffs of the same thing, but like, we're going to build a whole offer around it. But I showed him my campaign plan. Hmm. He really values that. It's a book called Traffic Secrets, right? It's Interesting. about campaigns. So I was like, well, here's the campaign that we'll use to promote Traffic Secrets. That really, really helps. So what I would do, honestly, is you got his ear now. He knows who you are. He's known who you are for a long time. But uh, if you were going to... It wouldn't just be get on my show. It's here's how it fits in the grander strategy we're running in order to help you sell your book. That would, okay. that, that's where I would do it. Okay, so one of the things that I wanted to do w- along with that is not just ask him to get on the show. I wanted to, I'm considering, I haven't decided yet, but I'm, ask, I'm gonna consider asking him if I can fly out to him and interview him in person for the show. Cool. Uh, yeah, I got no advice on that You part, got no right? advice on that part, okay. Um, yeah. A I'll, lot depends on that. Yeah, yeah well, I'm sure, I'm Melanie. sure. His schedule, you know what I mean? I, right, I, I right, 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 for sure. Um, okay, I want to respect your time. We're, we're coming up on time here. Uh, I can't believe an hour goes so fast. What, what's what's next for you? You got a book coming out um, sometime this year, question mark? My guess is we'll, I'll, I'll at least try to have the outline done by the end of the year. Okay, all right. And, and what's, um, talk to me a little bit about what's next for you, though, as far as growth, building, things like that. So... What will shock most people is that like, I just barely figured out what my value ladder is. And I still don't know one of the most key pieces. Um, and, and we just crossed like the 5 million mark, you know what I mean? So it's like, Which, once again, congratulations. Most, that's awesome. Thank you very much. But like the point of that is that there's like one or two things on the value ladder, even built, you know what I mean? Like, because most people won't get started in this because they're like, oh man, one of the biggest issues, I don't know what my whole value ladder is. And I'm just figuring that out. And mm. I don't even think it's going to be the, the real final thing. So we have we have one of my top tier things. I have a 30, 40, and $50,000 thing that I sell. The 30, we build your funnel, right? The 40, can't talk about it yet, NDAs. <laughs> 50 is going to be something else as well. But what I don't have built is, um, I don't have just like, 
like a thousand or fifteen hundred dollar thing that'll yeah. still do it yourself give you a bunch of results like i don't have that anymore we, we shut down something else that was similar to that and so uh what i did the reason why i ran a, ran a two-day event and most don't know this this is one of the reasons why i did this across the street from font hacking live we threw a two-day event and what i did is i went back to OfferMind and i saw all the holes the stuff that was too deep the stuff mm. that i thought was awesome but is not necessary and we just gut i was very ruthless chop 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 and then this monday tuesday event the purpose of it was to film the holes that's actually mm. why it interesting was okay mm. and uh then at the event film the holes we don't give we're not giving the replays out to anybody um and uh go launch a course but the dumbest thing i could ever do on this planet is to just finish a course and then say it's ready right that's that's dumb so instead you have to think like campaigns right like okay how would hollywood do this to launch a product i mean movie right how would yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying like right, how right, would they right, go right. do that how would they well a lot of these guys like when uh, the people that have longevity in this game they don't just have like a product calendar they have a campaign calendar which mm. is fair why the other reason why it's hard to get them to promote your stuff sometimes some people are like will you promote this big thing Dean Graciosi's people just reached out and said, Hey, will you help promote this next thing that we're they doing? Me like, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you too. Uh, the only reason why I've hesitated, even though it's Dean Graciosi, right? That I have a very strict campaign calendar, right? Three, four months out. I know exactly what I'm promoting, right? And, and, and the noisemaker that leads to the next noisemaker that leads to the next noisemaker. So we're doing a, I was like, Okay, well, how can we go promote this course? It's like thinking back to all the cool strategies I've seen in the past and there's launch campaigns, evergreen campaigns. And I was like, I need to stack some launch campaigns for this. So we're throwing a summit, you know, and a similar virtual summit, similar to how like Russell did the 30 days thing. I was like, well, I can't just be like offer summit. That's not a hook. Right. right? He didn't do funnel summit. That'd be boring. So he made a theme. How would you get it back in 30 days if you lost it all? I was like, let's do the opposite. Right. Let's say the doctor says, if you keep working in 90 days from now, you're going to die. What would your final offer be to fund the rest of your yeah, life? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. You, you've been on there, yeah, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 We yeah. Interview. So, mm -hmm. yeah, totally. And um, I'm psyched about that. Right. And so what we're doing is we're doing uh, this cool summit, virtual summit that will be turned into a book. There'll be. And then on the back of that, we will go launch the, the, the $1,500 thing that we've created. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. okay. And then I was like, okay, well, how can I promote the summit? So then you go backwards again. So I was like, okay, at the summit, what if we had people answer that prompt? Because I, I asked 30 big people, you being one of them, to answer that prompt. But what about the audience? So that's why these gold hats came out. We were thinking, how can we use, if my market is ClickFunnels and my market is having a huge event called Funnel Hacking Live, and I'll be there and they'll be there, what can I do that didn't promote the summit, which will promote the 15 hour thing, which will give away a ticket to offer mine as part of the sale, which will help me sell offer lab. Like it's all strung together, it's right? Amazing. And so what I did is I was like, okay, let's have people answer that prompt. After my events are over, those two day events, we'll be filming it, but let's have them answer the prompt and then we'll give them these liquid gold capitalist pig hats as well as part of the thank you and make them a special affiliate page and do all this stuff for them. But now we have like 50, 60 ads that are two to two to five minutes long of people saying, this is what my final offer would be. And if you want to see what others are, go check out this page as well. That's so cool. But it's from the audience. Yeah. Not me. Right. You know, that was 50 of them. Guess where we're going to run those ads? Click funnel space. Yeah.
You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Now uh. it's all stacking, 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 stacking. Instead of got a course, that's a dumb way to enter the market. And so yeah. I'm really, really into stacking these noisemakers. Yeah, you're about, that's to, what we're next quarter. you're about to slay that training. <laughs> Holy cow. <clears throat> I can't wait. Steve, this has been phenomenal. Thank you so much for coming on. Guys, uh, if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, uh, comment. If you liked this, comment hashtag. Let's do hashtag capitalist pig. Hashtag mm -hmm. capitalist pig down below. Hit that like button. Hit the love button. Share this out. If you're listening on iTunes on, or on audio only of any sort, um, tag a friend. Share this friend or episode with a friend. Um, Steve, where can people find out more about you? Honestly, there's really just two places that are the hub for everything, which is uh, one's stevejlarson.com. It's kind of the hub. Um, and the other one is capitalistcoaching.com. Okay. Steve J. Larson with the J in there. Yep. stevejlarson.com and capitalistcoaching.com. Guys, go check that out. We'll link them down in the description down below. Steve, thank you for your time. It's always a pleasure. I cannot wait for your studio to come out um, just because, you know, I don't know what day it's going to be. But whenever you do that, <clears throat> I'm just going to rent the studio for the day just to come out and be like, Steve, I'm here. And we're going to film some episode. It'll be great. Can I interview you in it? Absolutely. <laughs> what? I, I, th I think I could clear my schedule for that day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Steve, thank you so much for your time. I, I really, really appreciate you coming on. Any, any final thoughts or anything you want to share? No, just get after it, everybody, and realize that you cannot compare yourself to other people and where they are in their entrepreneurial path and their personal development. Remember, it's always you against you and you against yesterday, right? And that's how you have longevity in this game. Otherwise, you will kill yourself in these been you know big swimming ponds of comparison you'll die <laughs> i love it i love it steve thank you so much guys this has been the capitalist pig himself on think different theory as always hustle hustle god bless do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are going to be the ones that change the world remember uh tomorrow natalie hodson thursday colin wayne friday joel kaplan monday julie stoian round two about uh Moving on past Trump. It'll be great. Guys, I love you all, and I will see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace.